0: Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for August 24. My name is John Mason. Thank you for joining us. Everyone loves a party, especially if we like the hosts and the interesting guests they always invite. Throughout his narrative, Luke observes that Jesus of Nazareth was someone hosts and hostesses like to have on their guest list. Jesus has always intrigued people. Even today, people indicate that they would love to have him on their guest list. But Jesus often proved to be an unpredictable guest, saying the unexpected in the course of a meal. And while the religious establishment were threatened by him, they kept him on their guest list, in the hope of trapping him during conversation. In Luke chapter 14, we find Jesus at a dinner party, in the home of a synagogue ruler, who may also have been a member of the Jewish council, the Sanhedrin, and a Pharisee.
1: Luke chapter 14, verses 1 and 7 to 14. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honour, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, Give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher, and then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return, and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous.
0: It was another occasion when the of Sabbath observance arose and the Pharisees there were watching him closely. The appearance of a man with edema could have well been a trap. In the same way that hosts today often have place cards for seating their guests, so too protocols existed in the ancient world, including amongst the Jewish people. And in the same way people today sometimes try and reposition their seating, people in those days maneuvered their seats. Observing this, Jesus did what he often did in a controversial setting. He told a parable. Beware, he warned, of taking a more prestigious position, only to find yourself relocated to a lower position by the host. It's better, he observed, to take a lowly position first, so that if the host invites you to a higher position, you will receive the greater honour. He also used the situation to return to his overall theme of the last day, and observed that on that day there will be many unexpected reversals. In verse 11 we read All those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Having started to speak, he continued with yet another observation, this time to his host. When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or relatives or rich neighbours, but when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This would have been a conversation stopper. We can imagine that just as they were about to eat their next mouthful, Jesus reminded them of the poor and the hungry. How dare he, some may have thought. You arrogant upstart, others may have said. One man tried to salvage the situation. Letting on to the idea of the ultimate party in heaven, he responded, Blessed is the one who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. It was the kind of statement made by someone who liked to think he was good at conflict resolution. We get the impression that the speaker believed in life after death and was pretty sure of where he was going. But Jesus, knowing that this comment reflected religious apathy, told another story. Someone gave a great dinner. And invited many, he said. At the time for the dinner, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. In Jesus' day, two invitations were sent out to potential guests prior to an upcoming celebration. No refrigeration meant that hostesses could not always be sure of the availability of the meat they wanted, nor could they stock up at home. Hence, two invitations, the first sent out some weeks prior to the party, the second 24 hours before the event. Jesus' audience would have easily decoded that he was speaking about God's kingdom. The Old Testament prophets had issued the first invitation to Abraham's vast family, and doubtless his hearers expected him to tell them how they would all be part of it. But the parable took an unexpected turn with the second invitation. Come, everything is now ready. But there was more. They all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought an investment property. I must go and see it. Please excuse me, another said. I've just bought five new cars, and I need to test drive them. Another said, I'm on my honeymoon so I can't come. At first glance, the excuses seemed plausible, but they're not. It would have been unlikely then, as today, to purchase land without first seeing it and knowing the details. Second, to purchase oxen without first testing them in a field was again most unlikely. The third excuse is the rudest. In a village community, everyone would have known in advance about major events, such as banquets and weddings. Furthermore, it was the height of rudeness in the Middle East to speak on social occasions about intimate relationships between men and women. The parable exposes the way that people in every age are so focused on the interests and cares of the material world that they have no time for God. How attracted we are by the desires of our hearts and so fail to realize that there is a much richer dimension to our existence. We are creatures designed to know the deep love of our Creator and the rich joy, beauty and delights of His eternal kingdom. So let me pray. God our Father, you have prepared for those who love you such good things as pass our understanding. Pour into our hearts such love towards you, that we, loving you above all things, may obtain your promises, which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, we thank you for bringing us safely to this day. Protect and preserve us by your mighty power, and grant that today we fall into no sin nor run into any kind of danger. Lead and govern us in all things so that we may always do what is right in your sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A prayer for peace. God of the nations, whose kingdom rules over all, have mercy on our broken and divided world. Shed abroad your peace in the hearts of all men and women, and banish from them the spirit that makes for war, so that all races and people may learn to live as members of one family and in obedience to your laws. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty Father, we commend to your goodness all who are in any way afflicted or distressed, especially those who are known to us. May it please you to comfort and relieve them according to their needs, giving them patience in their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. All this we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, Keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be amongst us and remain with us always. Amen.
1: People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, and Carol McCormick, a member of Emmanuel Anglican Church, New York City. Prayers are from an Australian prayer book, 1978. The opening and concluding music is from St Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, under the direction of Ross Cobb. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Also, you may like to listen to For the Cause from Keith and Kristen Getty at the Getty Music website, www.gettymusic.com.